Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Number one means you're always on top. You're, 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 you're on the number one. Thanks for dropping in. It's fantastic to have you with me. This week, we're giving the show over to our game-changing elite for some insightful, practical, and powerful advice to take your business to the next level. Our elite this week are Ninja Speaking Coach Francis Cahill, Richard Tang, founder and chairman of Zen Internet. Uh, we've got Andre Watson, CEO of Ligando, and of course, Jackson Curtis, COO of StudentFi.org. And don't forget, we also have some amazing music from Chris Barrows Brown of Upping Your Elvis. Every Friday should be a game-changing Friday. Listen, learn, and innovate. Hi, this is Ray Zen. Hi, I'm Jamie Martin from Ideal Shopping Direct. I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zip Us In. Hi, my name is Eirik Aide Patterson. I'm a co-founder of Seaborg Technologies. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell, transformation coach, founder of The Catalyst for Life. Hey everybody, I'm David Frangioni, CEO and co-founder of All Access IDA, Inspire and Develop Artists, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changer. Check it out. Number one means you're always on top. You're, you're, you're on the number one. Hi, thank you so much for dropping in. It's such a huge honor and a privilege to be spending this time with you, sharing insight and some wisdom, I hope, on how you can take your business to the next level. Um, I was thinking a couple of days ago that um, we haven't actually given these um, these little talks that we do uh, a name. And I kind of I went back to square one. I thought, well, what's the point to it? What's the point of doing these brief conversations with you? And I thought to myself, well, maybe it's really just um, a, a bite-sized masterclass. It's like 10 minutes, con a condensed 10 minutes, offering you um, advice and hopefully some guidance on some issues that might be affecting the growth of your business and that might hopefully offer you some options on what you can do to overcome your challenges. So the title... Drum roll. I did ask for a drum roll, but every time I say, can I get a drum roll, the producer puts a sausage roll in front of me, so I'm not going to bother. Um, so the title we've chosen is uh, Kizzy's Masterclass. A 10-minute condensed offering you insight and advice on how to take your business to the next level. Um, Kizzy's Masterclass. What do you think? Like it? If you do, you know what to do. Um, post a comment. Uh, if, you, if there are particular topics that you think we should be covering in future Masterclass sessions, God, I love the sound of that, future Masterclass sessions, uh, drop me a line, post a comment on this podcast, or even you can email us at wearegamechangers at outlook.com. For any future ideas on topics that we should be covering, post a comment here or email wearegamechangers at outlook.com. Look forward to hearing from you. For this week's masterclass, I thought we should talk about the power of asking questions. Yeah, I know it sounds weird, but really, 
asking the right questions could actually make a massive difference to the growth of your business and actually it could improve the quality of your personal life. The power of asking questions. You know, I often say to people that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions you ask. What I mean by that is if you ask good questions, then you're going to get good answers. And if you ask dumb or stupid questions, you're going to get pretty awful answers. For example, um, imagine you're trying to lose weight. Now, if you ask yourself, why can't I lose weight? Your mind, being a supercomputer, will start looking for all the reasons under the sun why you can't lose weight. Um, you spend all your time lying on the couch watching Netflix. You never exercise. You can't stop binging on chocolates. Thousands and thousands of reasons. And you know what? Once you've got all of these answers lined up one after another, you're going to feel as though there's nothing you can do about it because this is the reason why you can't lose weight. What if you rephrased the question and you asked yourself, how can I lose weight and enjoy the process? Your mind really doesn't care what the question is. It's going to find you an answer. So if you ask yourself, how can I lose weight and enjoy the process? Your mind's going to start thinking of so many imaginative, creative and fun-filled activities that you can do regularly to help you lose weight and to achieve that goal that you set yourself, whether it's losing weight, maybe it could be bulking up because you want to go to the gym, but you will find a way if you phrase the question in the right way in your own head. I know that during this um, strange uh, and incredibly challenging time we're all going through, a lot of people are thinking to themselves, well, my business is over. I've got to just, you know, batten down the hatches and tighten my belt and wait for the storm to pass but again maybe we're not asking ourselves the right questions when the wind blows and hits us in the face what do we do do we try and figure out oh should I build a wall to protect myself or do you ask yourself the question how can I build a windmill yeah it's true you know a lot of our businesses have been affected by the pandemic by the lockdowns but the question is what have I learned from this experience what can I do to ensure the survival of my business so that I can keep on doing what I'm doing but maybe doing it in a different way often we find that it's not the bad thing that happens to us that makes the difference it's how we react to it and I think the first step to reacting in a positive way is to ask yourself a question what have I learned from this experience um, what did other people do who went through this experience how did they overcome it and, and if you can't think of anybody um, that you know had that has gone through the experience that you're going through be your own mentor Think of the times in your life when you've experienced challenges and obstacles and you've somehow managed to overcome them. Ask yourself the question, how did I deal with something similar to this in the past? And you will find an answer. I promise you. I also believe that asking the right questions isn't just about business. It also applies to how we live our lives. I know from personal experience, I've been in a situation where um, somebody has done something or somebody has said something that offended me or annoyed me. And I immediately thought, God, you know, this person's a complete asshole, a complete dick. I'm never going to talk to them again. Back then, I wouldn't ask myself the question, well, I know what they've done is, is not acceptable, but 
but why did they do it? You know, what was going through their head? Perhaps if I could see the, see the world through their eyes, it might explain their actions better. And sometimes, some, not all the times, but sometimes, if you try to see the situation from somebody else's perspective and you ask yourself, why did they behave like this? You might come up with an answer that might never have occurred to you if you hadn't have asked a question. And often asking the right question before you get into a heated discussion or debate with somebody can make a huge difference between finding a solution together or just completely falling out with somebody. Think back to the last time somebody annoyed you. Think back to the last time somebody did something that you found was, I don't know, inconsistent with your higher values or your expectations of them. What if you'd asked yourself the question, what else could this mean? Perhaps somebody said something to you that you were annoyed about or you were offended by. What if rather than jump into a conclusion, you asked yourself, what else could this mean? Maybe somebody's called you a, a word that you think, oh man, that word is really offensive. Perhaps in their language or in their culture or where they're from in their part of the country, that word doesn't mean exactly the same thing that it does in your part of the world. So ask yourself the question, what else could this mean? Just thinking about this reminds me of a time when I um, had a, a, a meeting planned with somebody. I got there on time because I just can't be late for anything. Um, I just think it's really rude to keep somebody waiting. By the way, I also never rush because I try to plan my days properly. And I think if I'm going to be late, I'll call somebody and say to them, I'm on my way. I'm going to be late. Have a coffee, have a biscuit. I'm coming. I'm not going to rush because I always believe that if you're important, people will wait for you. But that's another story. Um, had this meeting planned, uh, got to the, the, I think it was a hotel we were going to be meeting um, uh, for coffee and a chat. And... I waited for this this guy and, and he didn't turn up and I was furious. So, you know, after about half an hour, I thought, you know, this is ridiculous. I've been waiting here with all this paperwork. We've done all this homework. Um, we've got all the figures and they're just not even bothered turning up. I was livid and I eventually contacted them by calling them on the phone and they answered and they sounded really surprised to hear from me. And I, I you could imagine the scene. As soon as they answered the phone, my first question is, where are you? And they answered, why? And I said, well, because we have a meeting plan for today at two o'clock and I've been here for 45 minutes waiting for you. And there was a bit of a pause and then they answered with something that completely blew me away. They said, um, the meeting is next week. It's in my diary. Check your schedule again and I'll hold on. And I put them on hold and then I opened up my calendar on my phone and lo and behold, they were right. The meeting was next week. I was a week early and I didn't even know it. If I had stopped and asked myself, what else could this mean? The fact that they haven't turned up. I might have come to that conclusion before making the phone call. Does this ring any bells with you? Yeah, I thought it would. Well, that was my personal experience with the power of asking the right questions. I'm sure you can think of a few in your life where asking the right question could have made a difference when it came to you actually doing something, saying something, or even believing something, um, either about yourself or about somebody else or about the situation. Ask the right questions. A very smart person once said that it's not the answer that enlightens, but the question. And I think it was Peter Ablard who said that the key to wisdom is this, constant and frequent questioning. For by doubting, we are led to question. By questioning, we arrive at the truth. Listen, learn and innovate. 
Coming up next, some practical and powerful business advice from our game changer elite. The elite for this week are real estate mover and shaker Lauren Moore, Martin Taylor, co-founder and deputy CEO of Content Guru, Cretan Wong of Exponential Clients, and Richard Ascott, co-founder of Names and Faces. Don't go away. Hello, I'm Kevin Wenning, founder of Employee Arts Program. My Friday wouldn't be the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. My name is Lauren Moore, founder of Lauren Moore Properties. I launched my buyer's agency in March 2018 after working in the real estate industry for almost two decades. Even though it made sense for me to return to real estate sales, I decided to flip the switch and work for the buyers. For too long, buyers had been missing out on having someone fight for them in the real estate transaction. And despite buyers agents being quite a new service in Queensland, I saw a gap in the market for a strong industry leader and I decided to go for it. You can't be afraid to ruffle a few feathers. And I decided to do this by swapping sellers for buyers with the intent of creating a more level playing field in Brisbane's inner city real estate market. What I think really helped me is that I found a gap in the market where there was a huge need. Basic supply and demand had been driving Brisbane's inner city market for so long due to interstate and international migration. When speaking with local families, I noticed a huge frustration in the inner city market. There was limited stock and high buyer demand, so buyers had little control or support. If you're looking to start a business, whether it be in property or any other industry, look for a gap, a frustration people may be having, and come up with the solution. One of the things that helped me was working out what my point of difference was going to be. How was I going to be different in the market from the other buyer's agents? And where did I want my business to sit? I decided I was going to be a prestige buyer's agent and that I was going to focus on off-market property. I was very clear in my message of where I wanted my brand to sit. I developed a long stock list of off-market properties where vendors came directly to me and bypassed the agents. A lot of vendors do not necessarily want to go to market for varying reasons, such as divorce, insolvency, privacy, and so on. And the off-market space is giving people options to the traditional real estate process. Some sellers aren't in a hurry to sell as they may be considering downsizing, but still have older kids at home, etc., and would sell if they got the right price. I also decided to work in vendor advocacy so that I could help the homeowner decide on the right real estate agent to use, which meant I was the first point of call. So my clients got first access to the houses. Brisbane is such a competitive real estate market on the sales side, and there are some exceptional sales agents running incredible businesses and constantly raising the bar. My opportunity was to be just as good as them, but on the buyer's agent side. I knew no one had the same industry experience that I did, so I found my niche where there wasn't a huge amount of competition. Since launching my business in 2018, I've experienced solid growth. My business has almost doubled year on year. It's taken off and it actually wasn't something I expected or forecasted. I was lucky enough to be inundated with clients wanting to utilize my service from the first month. And I think that was because I spent a lot of time working on my point of difference. What I was launching was new to a lot of people in my marketplace. At the beginning of 2020, I decided to bring on Gillian Breen to work alongside me as buyer's agent. I was so busy, I was having to refer my excess clients that I wasn't able to service to other buyer's agents. And I realized it just didn't make sense to be growing somebody else's brand. 
My biggest frustration since launching my business is all the inexperienced buyer's agents that are entering the market. If a buyer's agent has not worked on the sales side of the industry for at least a few years, I don't believe they would have the knowledge required to represent a buyer correctly. So when hiring Jill, it was hugely important to me to hire somebody who knew what she was doing. Jill was in the field selling, she understood the process, all the tricks of the trade, and she was an expert in her market. You can't be great at what you do in any field if you aren't an expert in your market. I was lucky I had a small background in recruitment when working for Ray White Head Office in Queensland and knew exactly what I was looking for. Jill had to match my brand and she had to want to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Otherwise, it wasn't going to work. I've had opportunities to bring on other staff members, but I won't until they are the right fit for my company. There is no point growing your brand with people who don't want the same thing as you. Of course, with any new business, there has been a huge learning curve and a lot of things I wish I had have done differently. My advice to anyone starting a new business is to plan and forecast. I genuinely didn't expect the growth that I've had and I wasn't prepared for it. Anyone who has worked in property understands that you need to live and breathe the industry to be successful, and that has come at a small cost to my family, but I do prioritise what's important. I work six days a week and a lot of nights, so I try to be there for my kids on the big things, like school excursions or sporting carnivals, and I schedule to help out in the classroom when I can. These are the big things that they remember, but the rest of the time I work. Time management and organisation is so important. I'm in and out of houses all day. I'm on the phone constantly and I service multiple clients. I get told about hundreds of houses every week. So having systems in place is the only way I can remember where I'm at. My motto for business is creating clients for life. So at the forefront of everything I do is customer service. This is not always easy as by the time a client gets to me, they have usually been in the market for a very long time and are severely frustrated by their experiences and unable to find what they want. I have to pull a rabbit out of a hat and to do that, I need my clients to trust that I know what I'm doing and that I'm an expert in my field. And the only way to do that is by incredible customer service. I want them to tell all their friends, colleagues and neighbours about me and that is single-handedly how I've grown so quickly that and social media. When I started, I did so on a limited budget. I created my own website on Wix, I launched on my social media, and then I continued to post all the time. Finding content has always been tricky because a lot of properties I show are off market and confidential. So I needed to work out a way to post relevant content. I asked a few of the agents I knew if I could share some of their listings and in return, that created a following of local agents. This allowed me to use my social media also as a bit of a launch pad when I was looking for properties. And before I knew it, I'd post a buyer brief and all of a sudden I'd have five calls from agents with off-market options for my clients. This meant I saved a lot of time and didn't have to call 20 or more agents. I didn't spend any money on advertising for the first year of my business. People make a lot of excuses as to why they can't do something, but my advice is just start. Take that leap of faith, find your passion, I personally absolutely love property and just go for it. I'd like to say a big hello to Gillian Breen and Emmy McAllister and all the other incredible women I work with. I am Andrew Komonos, sales and performance strategist, and this is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one podcast experience. Hi. My name's Martin Taylor. I'm co-founder 
and Deputy CEO of Content Guru. We're a cloud communications technology provider, mainly working around contact centers, uh, and our services power things like NHS 111, Rightmove, UK Power Networks, retailers, airlines, train operators, parts of government. So mainly large organizations, but we started out as a very small organization. So I'd just like to share a few things I've picked up along the way in our journey from three people to 300 people, from a 20k dad loan to an enterprise value in the hundreds of millions of pounds. So we're in Bracknell and Berkshire. We've always been there. We're in a little tiny office. Now we're in a, a big building. We're also in California, in Tokyo, in the Netherlands, in Munich. So we've evolved our business a lot, but it's always been about communication technology. At the beginning, that meant two and four line phone systems. Today, it's dealing with tens of thousands of, of calls at a time alongside thousands of emails, instant message chats, social posts. We're dealing with millions of transactions every day. Back in 1993, when we first started as Redwood, I was 22 years old, fairly new out of King's College London. I worked with my brother, Sean, uh, 24 years old, so much more experienced. We had a few friends with us from King's, uh, and uh, we were rich in ideas, if not in money. We had enough with that 20k to run for three months, and we thought we're not going to not sell something in three months. Uh, and luckily, that proved to be the case. So a few things I've thought about uh, today to share with you uh, on your journey to be a game changer is one, focus. Have a focus on what you're going to do, but stay flexible. So for us, as I say, we had a very fixed idea. We're going to do these small voice systems using some new technology. Obviously, it would be something completely different today. But you have to be ready to pivot at any time. So for us, that's eventually meant going into the cloud. We got in there very early before it was called cloud. Uh, so to do that pivoting, you've got to have the best people you can possibly get. And if possible, try and have a mix of experienced people and young, dynamic people. But the key thing is get started quickly. Uh, don't let your idea go cold. Get trading, get the money coming in. And actually, the need to go and sell your product or service straight away that really clarifies your mind. So don't spend too much time planning, you know, writing this big business plan, designing features that you think of to add to your product or service. Most of those features might be wrong. You don't need them. If a basic idea is good, just get out there, get selling it. Don't get obsessed with raising money. I mean, things like Dragon's Den, great entertainment, and I respect the dragons enormously, but that's a distraction, isn't it? Why don't you just get on with doing the trading? Let the business speak for itself. Don't give away loads of equity to investors. Try and avoid getting in debt if you can. Friends and family, the best place to try and tap up if you've got that available to you. Keep as much money as you can in the business. So it was a few years, really, before we drew pay for ourselves. We paid our staff, but not ourselves. Uh, and then, you know, don't worry about weekends, for example, as well. There's plenty of time to relax later on. So getting that team on board, the core team, uh, for us that meant pillaging our university friends. But you may, again, you've got your own networks you can leverage. And then I would say, as well as your people, get the right partners. So working with partners, typically bigger organisations than you, great way to leverage their networks 
and get them selling your product or service. We still do that when we go into a new country. Partnerships are so important. They're 50% of our revenues even today. And then I would say as you grow your business, it will be a completely different animal to when you started it, but keep your values. So keep that startup mentality, that agility. Don't grow into a fat and kind of complacent company because they're the ones that get disrupted. Uh, get like-minded people as you go along. We've continually replaced ourselves with uh, new versions of ourselves, kind of 22, 23-year-olds, uh, bright people, good backgrounds, because that's what we need for writing software. And we tell them to think like an owner. Uh, we kind of say, look, we were your age, we've made the big decisions. You can certainly do the things that we're talking about. So it's a good time to start. It's a recession coming up. Many of the greatest businesses today started in a recession. Just remember then, focus, get the right team, get started quickly, don't waste too much time planning uh, or refining your idea. Just get it out there and test it in the market. So it's been a pleasure speaking to you game changers. I'd just like to have a big shout out to my brother, Sean Taylor, our CEO, our father, Jim Taylor, without which it would physically and in other ways not have been possible. And our great friend, and collaborator from Days and Kings, Rob Mansfield, our CTO. And then if it's time, a very, very quick shout out to some of our uh, people we started out with, again from that journey at Kings, who are no longer around, but they're uh, gone but not forgotten, are Simon Kappa, Simon Willis, Kevin Robertson, and Mo Mana Viazza. You know who you are. Been a pleasure. Thanks. Number one means you're always on top. You're, you're, you're on the number one. I'm Levi Roots, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changer. Hey, Game Changers, this is Creighton Wong with Exponential Clients, uh, hailing from Oakland, California, in the United States of America. And I help businesses massively grow their client base uh, through online strategies. And today I'm going to share with you three secrets that I teach in my training, the Ultimate Business Growth Playbook. Look, if you've tried growing your business online and failed, I'm here to tell you it's not your fault. The biggest problem <clears throat> in today's world is that too many marketers and businesses are focusing on uncovering a magic bullet or a one-size-fits-all solution to your problems. But you're not a one-size-fits-all business. You are a unique business and you are a unique business owner. So here's the deal. A magic bullet doesn't exist. The world today, especially the online world today, is changing at a dizzying space. What can make it rain today can easily just dry up and become a desert by tomorrow. So don't settle for tactics. Do not settle for magic bullets. Do not settle for one size fits all. The good news is that even though the tactics are constantly changing, the fundamentals to winning the game of business remain exactly the same. They're universal. And to be a game changer, you must practice good, solid fundamentals. And so today I'm going to go over the three secrets, the three fundamentals that you absolutely 1000% have to be aware of. The first is research, research, research. In sports, we call it scouting. 
in the military, it's called reconnaissance or gathering intel. In business, it's called research. I know, not sexy. But here's the deal. You need to know more about yourself, your business, your industry, and your competitors. By the way, did you know you could ethically spy on your competitors so you know what's successful for them and then model them? Not copy, but model them. You need to gather more intel and do more research than all of your competitors combined. Okay? And why is this so important? Because you need to know the deep psychology of the clients you're selling to. You also need to know where, where the opportunity for growth lies. Literally, every single time we sit down with a client and we do a deep dive into the research with them, we always uncover life-altering opportunities that they didn't know that they had. There's always a moment in that call where they say, I hadn't thought of that. I hadn't realized this. For example, a, uh, a plastic surgeon uh, felt really good about her online rankings uh, because she was ranked number one for the word, the keyword, rhinoplasty. However, the research uncovered that the real opportunity was to rank for, quote-unquote, nose job. To capture people who aren't far enough in their client journey to know what the term rhinoplasty means. And this was the opportunity that literally 10x'd the number of calls coming into her office. The second secret is game plan to win. Look, the research will uncover and identify which game plan is best for your business. Let me repeat. The research will uncover and identify which game plan is best for your business. Too many businesses are practicing, quote unquote, hope marketing, chasing the newest fad or shiny object on the marketplace. This is why it's so important to start with research. Research will save you time and money by revealing the very best game plan for you to choose. And lastly, it's time to execute. Execute to win. It's time to execute and be a game changer. But there are some things to remember. First, you must be skilled. If you don't know what you're doing, get the skills or hire an expert. You must be agile. Here's the deal. New data or intel will keep coming in. So it's very important to adjust your game plan in real time. Sports teams do this during the game. Military operations change as new intel comes in. And it's the exact same way for your business. We have literally made little adjustments or micro changes that can shift a, bu a business by millions of dollars. That's how important it is to be agile. And the process is ongoing. So anyway, there you have it. Those are the three secrets, the three fundamentals that will change the game for your business. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to my colleague, Mike Gray. And I'd like to invite you to reach out to me at Exponential Clients or LinkedIn if you need any help with your research. Just so you know, we, we think it's so important that we invest over 125000 in software tools every year to give you the very best data. So again, this is Creighton Wong with Exponential Clients saying keep chopping wood and go be a game changer. Love this game-changing interview? Share your thoughts by posting a comment. Sharing is caring. Hi, 
My name is Richard Arscott. I am co-founder of Names and Faces. At Names and Faces, we create fast visual people indexes for organizations. We turn your existing inaccessible people data stuck in a dark, dusty corner into visual lists of everyone in your organization to help you know who's who, get context for where they fit in, and to know who best to ask for help and how to reach them. We solve a problem that exists for everyone from the CEO to the newest joiner. Who is everyone around here? Names and Faces is based in Palo Alto in the Bay Area of San Francisco, and the Bay Area is a fascinating place to be right now. It is, of course, a global center of tech innovation, particularly innovations that have helped us all as we have adapted to the coronavirus epidemic and remote working. Zoom, Slack, Clockwise, Lattice, and a variety of other SaaS tools are based here. Much of the discussion here is about an epidemic of a different kind that is coming, however. One of the unintended consequences of our shift to remote work. An epidemic waiting for you as leaders of organizations, and it is one of lost productivity. Surely not, you say. Reports, newspaper articles, other business leaders tell you productivity is up. It is up, up, up. People have never been so productive. No commute, no distractions. People are working. They are cranking through it. Is this fake news? No, it is true. In the short relative period since COVID hit, many companies do report an increase in productivity. But we are talking about the medium term. What happens next? Our research tells us something new awaits, something that intuitively makes sense and something that the CEOs of Google and Microsoft have both said in recent weeks. And that is that our productivity boom is built on sand. It is built on existing relationships within existing teams on existing projects, all developed in the time before coronavirus. Sundar Pichai, CEO of Google, another tech company bigger than us, based in Silicon Valley, says, I'm excited that some of this is working well, referring to remote work. But it is based on a foundation of all of us knowing each other and having the regular interactions we already had. How productive will we be when different teams who don't normally work together have to come together? Existing relationships and structures provide us with the social capital to get things done in our organizations right now. We all know that it is what happens between people that matters in our organizations. We understand that stuff gets done because we know how to persuade Bob in finance to do something and Gerard in marketing owes us a favor. We know productivity is helped when we know where to go in our organization to get a problem solved. And if we don't know where to go, then we certainly know who to ask for help. As we spend longer away from each other, we are burning through that social capital. We are burning through the social capital on which so much of our productivity is based. As new projects begin, as we find ourselves in new teams, and as new people join our remote organizations, things begin to get sticky. Recent research that we have conducted tells us that three quarters of people who report being more productive those heroes who are powering our organizations right now, three quarters of people who report being more productive know more than half the company already. The research tells us that two thirds of people who don't feel visible have already experienced a drop in productivity. 
It's important to define what we mean by visibility here. Visibility is not presenteeism, it is not turning up and being seen at the office. It is defined as the degree to which employees feel seen. It is defined as the degree to which employees know people across the company and are quickly able to find and identify anyone they don't know. In short, visibility is about knowing people and being seen. And we already know that our most productive people know lots of other people in the organisation who presumably they can ask for help. Margaret Heffernan, entrepreneur, chief executive, author of many great books and TED Talk giver says, helpfulness is key to successful teams. Helpfulness routinely outperforms individual intelligence. Helpfulness means I don't have to know everything. I just have to work with people who are good at getting and giving help. She goes on to say, what drives helpfulness is people getting to know each other. This concept of visibility is critical. The third thing our recent research tells us is that only one-fifth, 21% of workers in the US and the UK say they feel very visible within their organisations right now since removing, since moving to remote work. So given that knowing people correlates strongly with being productive, given that we know people who feel less visible have lower productivity, and given we know that many other workers are feeling less visible than they have ever felt before in our organisations, my challenge to you as leaders is to ask yourself what you are doing about it in your organisation. Unsurprisingly, I suggest you go to namesandfaces.com to find out how we can help you. I have to mention two people. Uh, and I'm going to mention Margaret Heffernan and hope that she is listening and Paul Galatis, my co-founder, business partner and South African compadre. Thank you for listening and enjoy your weekend. The world famous Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show. Game Changer Show.